that Jeep there, Barry. Pretty sweet, isn't it? Anybody have any idea? Well, nobody's even really on yet. You know, and you never know, Barry. Might have lost a little bit of an audience just because... Skipped a week. We skipped a week. You well, never I'd like know. I think they were a little stronger than that. Well, that's we Reagan oh, is first, Barry. Connie Tucker's on there. Hey, Amy, how are you? We hear you've been loitering around uh, emergency rooms. Hope you everything's cool. Hi, Cammy. Um, somebody bumped. I think Wynn bumped into. Uh, hey, Babu, how are you, brother? Hey, Brett, how are you? Sorry about that. Kathy, hey, girl, what's up? Um, we skipped the last week, Barry. You know, we were in... Where were we at? Down south. We were... Festus or something? Down as Festus last week. Got hung up on a job. Um, so we apologize. And again, I think it's one of those <laughs> things that when you're a bivocational pastor, on occasion that happens. Oh, look at this guy. He's an older guy driving a Jeep, Barry. That's good to see. <laughs> so forth. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Well, I uh, had intended on having a mystery guest today. And if I had a drum roll, I would do the drum roll because the mystery guest would have been Mr. Pete Slyker. I know. Reagan's going, oh, great. He's my favorite. Well, hi, Grandma Judy and Christine. Didn't work out. <laughs> oh, Christine on this goes by Christine Zumo Berry. Uh -huh. I didn't know that. I've always just called her Chris. And I think that's Christina and Debbie and Suzanne. So anyway, we had intended on having uh, Mr. Pete on today and we were gonna broadcast from uh, Pete's garage because uh, we've been yelled at in Pete's garage because we're doing work over there. We're painting all the ceilings and stuff like that and making the house look pretty. But Pete was on a very important phone call and he was unable to be our mystery guest today. So once again, you're stuck with us. Hey, Patty, how are you? So I got a couple things uh, that I want to say. It's Christine Marie, actually. Okay. Christine Marie, Barry, remember that. So I got a couple things I want to throw at you today. It's been a tough stretch here, but, you know, um, we're reminded. I mentioned last week in my message on Saturday nights that many of you didn't share. I mean, didn't didn't hear. Uh, <laughs> hey, Don. How are you, brother? Um, you know, the, the church, the body of Christ the local church. It's not a cruise ship. It's not. And the, 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 the local churches and the body of Christ at large take hits and things happen. And uh, we need to be prepare, prepared for those. Hey, Alpha, what's up, buddy? We need to be pre prepared and preparing our faith to go through struggles and stretches and, and torpedoes and all that stuff. CJ's on. Hey, buddy, what's up? Um, so the misfit bus or the misfit uh church ship for metaphor is a uh it's a battleship we are locked and engaged in spiritual warfare right now uh not our church only but any church that calls on the name of jesus is locked in spiritual warfare if you're not getting some pushback you have to wonder if you're in the war at all right so um that being said i'm going to kind of segue into what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to follow that up with a little bonus, Mary. How about uh -oh. that? You know, on the Facebook thing, I ask, um, why settle for being Savior? Hey, Teresa. Um, 
high, high, uh, or why settle for being Savior when He wants to be your Lord? You know, when you call on the name of Jesus and He rescues you from all kind of stuff that you do, and I've done, and He rescues you, you instantly are into this relationship with the Creator of Heaven. He created everything. And even while you were a sinner, yet while you were a sinner, he came in and found you and rescued and saved you, right? And put you into right relationship in an instant with him, with the Father through Christ. It's an amazing thing, Barry. I guess that's why it's called amazing grace, right? Yeah. But then you have work to do. And if it weren't work to do, then I suppose that he would have taken you home at the moment you say yes to Jesus. But he did not. He left you here to be a herald for the truth. I mentioned that last week. And, and a light unto the nations. Right, So he doesn't want to leave you with a Savior-only relationship. He wants to become, and it's a process, of the Lord of your life, of the King, of the Boss, and all the other things that Jesus is. So when we get on and we encourage people, and I, and I love the fact that we've failed on so many times in our life, that we've learned, we've learned, uh, let him be Lord. It's so much easier that way. Um because we've learned through error, we've learned through trial, we've learned through failure, and we've learned we've learned the hard way, Barry. You know, there's a saying that says a smart person learns from his own mistakes, but a wise person learns from others. And I think that's why God allows a lot of people in our church and other churches that we know to have fallen and to get back up in the name of Jesus and continue yeah. forward. You don't stay down. Right. You don't just capitulate to it. You don't just walk off the range, put down your armor, and just head for the hills. Right. You have been called into this relationship, and I have, with the Lord. Right? Watch, watch this, Barry. And this is Jesus in chapter 6 of Luke, starting at verse 46. And it, he just gets right to the heart of it. And I think it's so cool. So many people call Jesus Lord. But watch what he says here. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? <laughs> I'm thinking, Barry, you know, we've been given. There are times that, you know, certainly the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. Absolutely. And there are times when uh, he speaks to you in counsel, in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom, in fact. Because sometimes, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. He didn't leave us here without instruction. He left us his holy word to guide us, not to hem us in. He led us the holy word to lead us out into pasture where he's the shepherd. You know, and I think uh, when we choose to, to step out of bounds and say, I'm going to do things my own way, uh, you are in serious danger, yeah. serious trouble. Yeah. Because as he continues here, he's telling him, why, why do you even call me Lord? Go off and do your own thing, but don't dare call me Lord if you're not going to do what I say, because make no mistake, I'm not your boss. I'm not your Lord, because you're doing this thing your own way, and you've stepped completely out of bounds, and I'm not the Lord of out of bounds. You know, I guess he's the Lord. But you're, you've not made him your Lord. Now watch what happens. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Actually, we just went through a whole series on the Beatitudes. That's what being blessed is. That's what happens when Jesus is the Lord of your life. You get all these blessings. He's not going to bless a mess. It just ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Anyway, it's like a person who, building a house, digs deep 
the foundation on a solid rock. We know that solid rock is the truth of Christ found within the pages of the Bible. Yes. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it's well built. But anyone, now listen to this, guys. But anyone who builds a house without a foundation, when the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. How about that? And that you can take that to the bank. And here's the thing. The Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, you know, he recognized I'm the least of these. I get it. And I'm the chief of sinners. He had this humility about him, but he knew Christ. So it compelled him. And he had been through all these failures. He'd been to the top of the mountain and all that stuff. But ultimately, he figured all of that is garbage compared to knowing Jesus on a more intimate level. Every week we get on this brown bag, every week from the pulpit, every little devotional thing that we do, we read, we speak to people, and we say, you guys have got to continue to add to it, yeah. to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because right. when the day of temptation comes your way, and it will, well, baby. Yeah. you know, it's funny because when Jesus was in the garden, and, uh, or I'm sorry, when, when the devil took him out for 40 days, there's an account that says after Jesus survived it all and he got the second Adam got right what the first Adam missed, right? The second Adam, Jesus got right. He, he, a man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And he goes on and on. But later on, it says, and the devil went away for a more opportune time. You know? Mean, yeah. Meaning he's not going to give he's up. He's not giving up. <laughs> and if he's not giving up on Jesus, as far as tempt tempting him, he's not giving up on you. That's right. So we get on and we tell you to do these things, to pray, to renounce bad habits from your house, to to uh, seek spiritual counsel. And how about this? On occasion, listen to the counsel that God's sending your way, right? What's up, Rex? So, so in the multitude of counselors' wisdom, so when you have it like this, you know, when you approach a big decision, some some things are just no-brainers. It, it's not even worth my time to call me, ask me what the right thing on that is. Are you kidding me? Right. You're going to try to finagle and make this look good. It violates every everything that's every every the heart of the gospel. This is wrong. You can't do it. Right. But you forge ahead and you're going to do it. Well, you're setting yourself up for a complete collapse. It is what it is. And here's the thing: when it collapses, not if, when it collapses, you'll call out to God and He'll be God and He'll come and rescue you. Because he's a great God, That's he's a great, yep. he's a great, great father. Yep. But how much calamity and chaos are you are you causing along the way? Been there, done that, guys. Right? I've had my own failures; they're well known. But at the end of the day, you 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 come back to your first love. You come back to the first love. You don't run and get away from them. You come back. Right. Because. Where else would we go? Peter himself said, "Where else am I going to turn?" When everybody else was leaving Jesus. Jesus actually asked him, do you want to go to? Go ahead and hit the bricks. Bye. And Jesus said, Peter said, where else would I go? You hold the keys to eternal life. Where are we going to go? You know, we're up the road too far, guys. We're up the road. We believe that Jesus could return at any moment. You can't be a deserter now. My goodness, he's come too long. Right. But make no mistake about it. You will be a deserter if you don't do some of the things that Jesus said to do and the Apostle Paul said to do. All the things we talk about. Watch this. I actually wrote it on my pant leg there, so I remember this. First Corinthians chapter six and verse twenty. And I suggest you read the whole chapter because the whole thing is really good. 
going to start at 18, Barry. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You know, I think lordship is is a process. You know, the Lord wants to be the Lord of your finances, right? which is a process, Barry. Yeah, when we first is. started, we're giving, you know, we were tithing $10 a week thinking, right. you're, you know, and it's a process. As you grow closer to Jesus, as you do some of the spiritual exercises we're constantly talking about, asking the Lord, become the Lord of my finances, because I really don't even don't know what, the, what that even looks like. Right. Lord, would you become the Lord of my family? Because I've been trying to, I don't know what that looks like. Lord, would you become the Lord of my marriage? It's a process, but you can't just stop and quit. You can't just up and leave because if you up and leave the Lordship, was he ever your Lord at all? That's the question. That is the question. That's what yeah. I'm struggling with, Barry. Right. And I would say this. Each of you should have a pastor or a mentor or people that you're walking with. Be honest with them. If they say, how are you? How are you doing? I'm not doing well. Right. I'm burnt out. I, there's too much on me. I had too much pressure. And then the doctor would say, okay, well, take a break. Or the doctor may say, well, you know, read, read this. Or the doctor may say, join a prayer group. And, but when it all falls apart, if you weren't honest with the doctor, how could he actually help you? Yeah, he can. If you come to the counselor, you come to whoever's your counsel, your pastor and the pastor's recognizing something's off. Something's the matter. How can I help? Nothing's going on. Well, you know, you might try this uh, and you don't do it. Well, ultimately, who's to blame? Right. Right. So my encouragement to you in this rambling mess is don't settle for Jesus just being your savior. A lot of people are just holding on till Jesus comes back. They're running their lives. They've walked off the range and they're, this is not going to go well. If that's you, if that's you. I'm beseeching you in the name of Jesus to come home. Yeah. Don't be the prodigal and hit the bricks. Right. And some of you are prodigals now after staying in the king's house for years. He's been your father. He's been your provider. He's been your healer. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh. He's been all of these things to you, and you've seen the miracles of God. You run off now? Man. I tell you one thing, we will be there when it comes apart. When it comes crashing down, the church will come in and will love on you. But make no mistake, it's a lot easier just to make him the Lord of your life and do what he says, right? It just will go, I've come to give you life, to give it abundantly. I'm not here to wreck your party. I'm here to give you true life. So my encouragement today, don't settle for saviorship. Open up your heart and ask him what it looks like to become the Lord of your life. Well, back to your battleship metaphor uh, by making Jesus our Lord and Savior we are able to take hits and still survive it <laughs> it's made us stronger I know that just because that we right. can handle that's why you hear us talk all the time but you need to read more you need to be in the word you need to, you need to be around your, your your Christian friends things like that you need to worship and go deeper with God because the storms are going to come. You hear us say that all the time. Yes, sir. And just like you just read, 
you know, if you're just dilly-dallying around with Christ, the first little thing that comes up, you're going to ducktail and run. And then what are you going to call everybody? Hypocrites or whatever. Because yep. you got nothing to stand on. Bore down and use Jesus as your foundation because he's... He is the Lord and Savior of everything. So if you, if, if you just have a, a a weak friendship with him, I would encourage you to dive deeper. Because he loves you and he wants you to be his Lord. And he wants you to help you when the storms come to, to prevail through them. Nowhere in here does it say it's going to be peaches and cream the whole life when you're walking with Jesus. Actually, it's going to get harder because everything that we do is upside down from what the world tells us to do. So it's going to be harder. So who's going to help you? He will. But if you're only if you're just flippantly approaching your relationship with God, I wouldn't expect much, and you really can't blame him because, like you said earlier, whose problem is it? It's yours, and He's here to help. He's here to help us, and the only reason why we can continue is He is our Lord and our Savior. Battle tested, we've messed up, we fessed up, and we're moving forward. That's it, right? That's it, Barry. And I want to add something to that I just thought of. You know, excuses. We make excuses for our failures. You know, and, and if you remember in chapter 3 of Genesis, Barry, when the serpent came yeah. and uh, tempted Eve, right. uh, the first thing Adam did was make excuses. Right. The first thing she did was make excuses. We're always blaming the devil. Oh, it must be some kind of some kind of devil run. It must be this. And you know what? I certainly believe, guys, because it's laid out clearly in Ephesians chapter 6, spiritual warfare. Right. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against our authorities, rulers, and principalities in the heavenly. So a very organized structure. But there's some accountability, some culpability in our own That's right. that we do this. Yep. You know, because you can't just shrug it off. The devil made me do it. You can't do that. <laughs> there's That's reality. I'm not right. saying that. But watch this. James says this, and I'll leave you with this. Temptation comes from our own desires, yep. which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. I'll leave you with this. If he's your Lord, he's your Lord. He that is in me is greater than he is in the world. Stop blaming the devil for every doggone thing that's going on. If you get dragged away, chances are it's probably you, right? Uh, it, uh, own it. Like Barry said, fess it. Did I just say that? It was really good. Mess it up. Mess it up. Fess, Fess it up. up. Get on with this thing. Yep. Love you guys. Have a great day.